Blog Talk Radio.
Take it all away, take it all away till all that's left is true. Turn the sunlight down from heaven. Search me, search me. I'm open, I'm open. Search me, search me. Search me, search me. You're the only one qualified. You're the only one qualified. Cause you made me, you made me. Cause you made me.
Father God, I thank you, God, for tonight, God. I thank you for my return to Philippi Fire, God. First of all, I thank you for the month of rest that you gave me. Now, God, I thank you for my return to Philippi Fire, God. I ask, God, that you speak to me tonight, God, that I would be able to do, God, what it is that you have assigned for me to do on tonight, God, that your people may be blessed. And so that your name may get the glory. In the name of Jesus, to God be the glory. Amen, amen, amen. Welcome to Prolific Fire, everybody. I'm back. Welcome to Prolific Fire. I pray that the word of the Lord will be a blessing unto you all tonight, whether you're listening live or to the replay. Welcome, 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 welcome. Thank you so much for being with me. Let's get right into the word for tonight. The foundational text comes from Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. It's Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10 from the Amplified. It reads as following. Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap if we do not give in. Verse 10. So then, while we as individual believers have the opportunity, let us do good to all people not only being helpful, but also doing that which promotes their spiritual well-being, and especially be a blessing to those of the household of faith, born-again believers. Again, that's Galatians 6, verse 9 and 10 from the Amplified. Now, I know the first part of tonight's foundational text opens with telling us to not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. I know that. You'll get no argument from me there. I know that. But let's be honest. You're fed up with doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're fed up with doing what you're supposed to be doing. You know what you you know what you're supposed to do. And you do what you do out of the goodness of your heart. You know what you're supposed to do, and you do what you do out of the goodness of your heart. And still, some kind of way, you end up unfairly used, hurt a little on the weary side. Just so we're clear for tonight, what does it mean when someone is weary? I'm glad you asked. What does it mean when someone is weary? Weary meaning exhausted in strength. Having one's patience, tolerance, or pleasure exhausted. Pleasure exhausted means you used to feel good about the good you're doing. You used to feel good about the good you're doing, but you don't feel that way anymore. But you don't feel that way anymore. Somebody, you don't feel that way anymore. Why? Because too many negative words have been spoken against you. You used to feel good about the good that you were doing because you knew that you were doing it from your heart, but you don't feel good about it anymore. Why? Because too many negative words have been spoken against you, against what you were trying to do. I'm sure David in Scripture could relate to you of all people. I'm sure David in Scripture, King David in Scripture, of all people could relate to you. You see... In 1 Samuel chapter 17 from the NIV, David set 
David set out with good intentions. He set out with good intentions to do something good for his brothers at his father's request. David's goal to bring his brothers lunch and check up on them. What's wrong with that? He's bringing them lunch. They out there on the balcony. He's bringing them lunch. He's checking up on them, making sure everything's okay. Bringing them lunch, checking up on them, make sure they're okay. And then he was going to report it back to their father. But when David got to the battlefield, somebody said, but when David got to the battlefield, when David got to the battlefield where his brothers were all a part of Saul's army, one more goal was added. And that goal was to take out Goliath. You see, David looked around, and he saw how things were going, and he overheard some things. And so he decided to take Goliath out. Goliath had David's brothers and the rest uh, and the rest of the men who were a part of Saul's army terrified. Goliath had David's brothers and the rest of the men who were a part of Saul's army terrified. They were terrified. So David decided to step up and defend his God and get back at Goliath for intimidating his brothers at the same time. You know, sometimes you can take care of two things with one stone, and that's what David was about to do. He was about to defend his God, but also at the same time, he was going to get back at Goliath for intimidating his brothers. Don't play. Now, a lot of y'all know you live by this. Don't play. You know some of y'all live by the family code. Mess with one of us, you mess with us all. And that's what David was demonstrating here. You mess with one of us, you mess with us all. So here David was preparing to defend his God and his brothers, too, in the process. Again, mess with one of us, you mess with us all. And you would think, now you would really think David's brothers would have been proud of him for being willing to stand for God and stand up for them as a family, too. But that wasn't the case. But that wasn't the case. That darn old Elab, see, it wasn't the case because of Elab. Elab was David's oldest brother. In a way, Elab accused him the minute he saw him. I'm sure somebody listening to me tonight, you know what it feels like to be accused. You ain't even opened your mouth and said anything. You just showed up. And the minute that person saw you, they start accusing you of this, of that. You ain't even said nothing yet. So here David was in that position, that kind of position. His oldest brother, Elad, accused him the minute he saw him. Called him out his name. Told him he was conceited. He just called him out his name. To the point that David felt like now what have I done, said David. Can I even speak? First Samuel seventeen, verse twenty nine, NIV. And I suspect that's how many of you are feeling. And I suspect that's how many of you are feeling. The more you try to be good to some folks, the more you try to be good to some folks, the more offended they get. The more you try to be good to some folks, folks, the more offended they get. You can't do something good for them. You can't do something good for them. You can't be good to them. They get offended. 
and it leaves you feeling like, now what have I done? To be honest, it has left you a little weary, a little on the weary side. Tonight's message. Beloved, but I need you to know tonight, it's not you. Beloved, it's not you. It's them. They still have some unresolved issues within themselves that needs to be addressed. It's not you. It's them. They got some stuff in them that they need to deal with. They have some unresolved issues within themselves that needs to be addressed. Personally, I believe Elab was still upset with David for being the one chosen king. If you remember the story, if you know your Bible, go back to First Samuel 16, and you will recall how David's brothers, they all auditioned to be the next king. David wasn't even in the room at the time. He had to be called in. He didn't even know the audition was taking place. But I, I feel like Elab was still upset with David for being the one chosen king, a, a position that he and his brothers had all auditioned for and got rejected. They had all auditioned for it and got rejected. One by one, God kept saying, that's not the one. That's not the one that I have chosen. That's not the one. So I really feel like that's what he was holding against David. Again, read First Samuel chapter 16 and 17, and you will see what I mean. If you're not familiar with the story reading, and you'll see what I mean. So there was no way that Elab was going to accept anything good or otherwise coming from David. Number one, because he was jealous of David. I know somebody can relate to that because you got people that are jealous of you. You don't even understand why they're jealous of you, but they can see something in you. They can see something that God is going to do or God is already doing, and they're jealous. So number one, Eli was not going to accept anything good or otherwise coming from David because, number one, he was jealous. Number two, he was still processing the rejection that happened in First Samuel 16. And number three, David was the younger brother, and for those of you that have siblings, you know how that goes. And older brothers, normally older brothers hate to be shown up by their younger brothers or sisters, their younger siblings. Still tonight, in the foundational text, still tonight's foundational text reminds us to let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. For at the proper time, the word of God says, for at the proper time, we will reap if we do not give in. Galatians 6 and 9 from Amplified. But here's the part that got me. Here's the part that got me, y'all, from tonight's foundation of text. Here it goes. So then, while we as individual believers have the opportunity let us do good to all people, not only being helpful, here it comes, but also doing that which promotes their spiritual well-being. Galatians 6 and 10 from the Amplified. Promote their spiritual well-being. Wait a minute. Promote their spiritual well-being. I got to make sure I'm reading that right. Promote their spiritual well-being. So let us do good to all people not only being helpful, 
but also doing that which promotes their spiritual well-being. You see, it's not enough to be good to them. It's not enough to just be help them, but also do that which promotes their spiritual well-being. Wow. If you feel like I felt when I first read that, wow. That's a lot, especially when your good intentions have already been misunderstood, the way David's good intentions were misunderstood out on that battlefield. Wow, that's a lot when your good intentions have already been misunderstood. And you're weary at best from going on. You're weary at best from going on because, see, somebody, you've been just going and going and going like an ever-ready battery, just going and going and going as though you haven't been emotionally wounded. You felt the hurt of them not receiving you when you did something good for them. You felt the hurt of them accusing you of something that you weren't even thinking of doing. They were accusing you, and you you meant well. You was doing good, but they took it wrong. You felt the pain of all of it. You felt the emotional wound, but you were trying to go on as though it didn't hurt. Some of you right now, you're experiencing some of the greatest hurt of your life. You're experiencing some of the greatest hurt of your life. Even though you had the purest of intentions, it was supposed to be all good. It was supposed to be all good. But God knows. He knows. I just wish people could see like God sees. I just wish people could see like God sees. For the Lord sees, not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. But the Lord looks at the heart. First Samuel 16, verse 7, from the Amplified. Unfortunately, people can only see what they want to see. Unfortunately, people can only see what they want to see and make of your outward appearance what they want to make out of it. But still, we must do good. But still, it's a hard mandate. But still, we must do good. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good. There it is again. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Matthew 5 and 44. Matthew 5 and 44 from the New King James. Let's be honest here. Let's be honest here. I'm going to keep it real with you tonight, 100%. Let's be honest here. A lot of times, those that hate on us, or seek to spitefully use us is so-called brothers and sisters in the church. Most of the time, a lot of the time, those that hate on us or seek to spitefully use us is so-called brothers and sisters in the church or members of our own family even, or members of our own family even. So before we can really do them good, so before we can really do them good or promote their spiritual well-being, like tonight's foundational text suggests, we must first seek to protect our own mental health. We must first seek to protect our own mental health. Seek to heal our own emotions. Do so by making self-care a habit. Somebody, everybody under the sound of my voice, as a matter of fact, do so by making self-care a habit you regularly indulge in. Make self-care a habit that you regularly indulge in. 
self-care tips to protect your mental health. Self-care tips to protect your mental health. Always set aside time for yourself. Always set aside time for yourself. Always cast your cares on God. Always cast your cares on God. Stop holding all that negative stuff in your head and cast your cares on God. Do something that creates peace for you. Do something that creates peace for you or gives you peace. Because you can't do good to people always worrying about what they think. Because you can't do good to people always worrying about what they think. And I would add, you can't be good for people always worrying about what they think. The Bible says, early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. On Polyphify Yama, always point you back to Jesus. And the scripture says, the Bible says, early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went out to a secluded place and was praying there. That's Mark chapter 1, verse 35. That's Mark chapter 1, verse 35 from the Amplified. Another passage of scripture lets us know that this was something Jesus did often. Another passage of scripture lets us know that this was something that Jesus did often. And that comes from Luke 5 and 16 from the NIV. Often he took time away from the disciples. Often he took time away from the disciples, away from those who needed something from him. Because I'm sure all of us know what it feels like to always be around somebody that needs this. They need that. They always need something. So Jesus being our ultimate example, he took time away from the disciples, away from those who needed something from him, those he had the power to do good to. Jesus took a break from being a good Samaritan, so to speak. He took a break from being a good Samaritan, so to speak, long enough to reconnect with the Father, to pray. That's what prayer is about. Side note, reconnecting with the Father. He took time long enough to reconnect with the Father, to pray and find peace of mind for himself. Because remember, Jesus, though he was God, he still walked this earth as a man who the Bible says was acquainted with grief. Just like us, he was acquainted with grief, meaning he had feelings that could go there meaning he had feelings that could go there. The way I could shift from being happy to a moment of grief, Jesus could have too. That's Isaiah 53 and 3 from the New King James. So he took some time. So he had to take some time for himself. So he had to take some time for himself before helping others, before promoting others, people, spiritual being, etc. Matthew 13 and 1 from the Message Bible talks about how Jesus got out the house and went and sat on the beach. With things slowly opening up, you know, this country has been through so much. And those of you listening in another country, I'm quite sure that COVID has affected your way of life as well. We've all been through so much, let me put it like that. But with things slowly reopening somewhere, 
Maybe you need to do something like that. Maybe you need to go sit on the beach or sit by the lake or just get out of the house before you encounter your next person, your next client, your next coworker, your next family member, or someone from your church, et cetera. Because as sure as, sure as you encounter them, you're going to have to deal with them. So maybe you need to do something like Jesus did in Matthew 13 and 1 from the Message Bible. You see, self-care is about caring for yourself. And no, that's not selfish. Self-care is about caring for yourself. And no, that's not selfish. P.S. Shortly after Jesus was on the beach, guess what happened? People began to show up. And Jesus, being Jesus, taught them. He went on and did what he was there to do. He went on and did his assignment and pushed himself aside. As I'm sure many of you are doing, you're just pushing yourself aside. But it it comes a time you got to put you first before you can be any good to anybody else. I pray that this message bless somebody on tonight. Let's pray. I pray this message has fallen has not fallen on deaf ears, that those listening, whether now or to the replay, we still do good to others. Hear me, still do good to others, especially believers, but balance it. That's what I'm telling you tonight, but balance it. Balance it all with self-care. Don't be afraid of self-care. Don't feel like you're being selfish. If you don't care for yourself, then who will? Balance it. Care for people. Do good by people, especially believers, but balance it all with self-care. Father God, now we ask that you touch those who got hurt in the process of trying to do good to others. Touch them and heal hearts on tonight, Father. And if you don't know God for yourself, but you desire him, number one, you need to confess with your mouth that you are a sinner and that Jesus is Lord. Number two, repent. And that's just not saying, not just saying I'm sorry. Repent is more than just saying I'm sorry. But be prepared for your thinking to change. When you come to God saying I'm sorry and I repent, expect your thinking to change. If you if you sincerely mean what you're saying, expect your thinking to change over a course of time. It's a process. Expect expect your thinking to change for the better. Read Matthew 4 and 17 from Amplified. Invite him into your heart. The next step is to invite him into your heart. The same way you would invite somebody into your home, take this time right now to invite Jesus into your heart. Now receive him. Receive him in Jesus' name. It's that simple. Amen. Foundation for that would be Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. With all of that being said, this concludes the message officially. If you need prayer, a Bible-based consultation, I know y'all miss me saying that, but I'm, I've always been available. I just went on there. If you need prayer, a Bible-based consultation, call or text 865-408-8690. That's 865-408-8690 or email prolificfire at gmail.com, prolificfire at gmail.com. However, 
if you're on phone lines right now via Block Talk Radio and you have a specific prayer request that's unrelated to what the Lord just brought his word about, what we just prayed and prophesied and believe our faith about, here's the phone, Rose, because this is your chance to get your prayer request in. Get your prayer request in your head, press 1. Hear me, press 1 on your phone. I need you to press 1 on your phone now. I will call out your area code so that you you will know that you're about to be on the air. Nothing more. I'm not going to give out your whole number because prolific fire is heard overseas as well. I don't want nobody in another country with your phone number. So I wouldn't do that. I'm just going to call out your area code. But wait, 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 wait until you hear me say, hello, and properly greet you before you start talking. That way, not only will God hear your prayer request, but I will hear it and proceed accordingly. Now the announcements. I'm going to come back to the phone lines. I'm going to give you a little extra time by giving the announcements. If you need this ministry's PayPal info or cash app info, you can access the PayPal by going to paypal.me slash prolific fire or the cash app is the dollar symbol in the ministry's name, which is prolific fire. The PM prolific is capital. The F and fire is capital. We're now together. The dollar symbol, prolific fire. As usual, you can find me on Twitter at Prolific Fire, on Instagram at Prophet Stacy, and like the Prolific Fire Ministry Facebook page. Also, be sure to check out prolificfire.com. Be sure somebody to check out prolificfire.com. Everything that I name, from donating to getting your prayer requests, and all of that good stuff. In addition to sponsoring the chapel, World Vision, they're beautiful children that need sponsors. They need to connect with you so that you can help them, so that you can help them have a better way of life, have clean water, have food, have clothes, go to school, just have a better way of life all the way around, help the whole community. When you help one child, you're really helping out the whole community. You're helping them to stand on their, learn how to stand on their own two feet. And what's better than that than sowing seeds into a child? Because if you sow it, God's going to give it back to you. You can't beat God. In the words of R.W. Shambach, you can't beat God giving. So if you're interested in sponsoring a child, the World Vision, I have been a sponsor since 1997, September of 1997. I'm also a World Vision Child Ambassador. I've been an ambassador for a couple of years, about three years. So if you're interested in that, you can... Call me on the number that I just gave, 865-408-8690, or text me, or email me at prolificfire, gmail.com. I would love to hear from you and get you connected to a precious child. Not only do they need you, you will discover when you um, sponsor them and you receive pictures and letters and videos and just really get to know that child, you will discover that you need them too. You will like me, be wondering, what would my life be without them? I need them. Not only do they need me, but I need them. With all that being said, if you don't get your prayer request in on tonight for whatever reason, you got another opportunity. We give you plenty of opportunities for prayer around here. Your next opportunity will be on Friday with my sister in ministry, Prophetess Pay. Join us on Faith on the Line with Prophetess Pay. It's a time for prayer and encouragement. And, yes, God always shows up. On faith on the line with us, he's a God in the midst. 
It's Friday night, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 5 Pacific. 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 5 Pacific. By calling the same number that many of you call tonight, 347-426-3782. 347-426-3782. 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 5 Pacific, Friday night. Your prayer request will be taken then, too. So call in. Then join me. You're truly back here on Prolific Fire, same night, time, and place. Well, I will be sharing another word from the Lord. Right now, I'm not clear what he wants me to share. But by then, I'll know. So just tune in and be surprised at what the Lord is going to bring forth. To God be the glory. Once again, I'm back, everybody. Thank you for staying connected, for continually being a blessing to this ministry. I appreciate it. Let me check the phone lines before I get out of here. Okay, we have no live prayer requests on tonight, but I've given you all the information. So if you need me, reach out. Until Friday night, everybody. God bless. I'm out.